Fellowship family, I'm going to invite you to stand with us. We serve, we have a God who loves us. Amen. So let's sing and celebrate that. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that he might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen. So we're celebrating this morning. So sing along if you know it. Remember those walls, remember those walls that we call sin and shame. They were like prisons that we could not escape, but he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants, remember those giants we call death. Like mountains that stood in our way, but he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is our God. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. And this is our God. This is what he does. He saves us.
like oceans of grace My sins swept away I'm brought back to
Good morning, Fellowship family. My name is Jack Roberts. I work with our elementary team here at Fellowship. And as we continue our morning, we get to celebrate another baptism. Uh, this is Harper Vo. She's a sixth grader at Elmwood Middle School here in Rogers. And this is her dad, Kaylee. And I'm gonna hand it over to him and he's gonna share a little bit about what the Lord has been doing in Harper uh, the past few years. Good morning. Thank you very much for being with us this morning to share this special moment with my family. Uh, Harper is the uh, youngest of our three children. Um, she has witnessed the busyness that is our family, and she is our, our planner. She is very organized, and she has approached salvation in the same way. She's been planning and looking forward to this for a long time. That's probably also why John 15, 5 is her favorite Bible verse. There Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will produce good fruit without me you can produce nothing. It's God's plan for us to remain connected to him. We all may branch out in different directions, but as long as God is our vine, we'll all produce good fruit. One of the ways we can show that is through baptism. So Harper, is it your story that you have repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal savior? that it's my honor, based on your profession of faith, to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with him in baptism, and raised to walk in the newness of life. (laughs) 
What a great way to start the morning. And before, before they leave, y'all stay right there. I want y'all all to turn and look over here on the west wall, see our sixth grade small group coming to watch that. That's witnesses right there, yeah. Well, we are so glad that you're here this morning worshiping with us. What a great way to uh, participate in the life of the church. And we've had such a beautiful weekend here in Northwest Arkansas, and we're celebrating Memorial Day, but we need to remember that Memorial Day is not just about going to the lake or swimming at the pool or having a, a cookout, that we remember those who sacrificed everything so that we could have our freedom, and I was, I was reminded last week that I have a grandfather that I've never met who died in Normandy, and um, just so many of you have a touch point in your life of someone who gave everything so that we could uh, freely live in the country we live, right? Hey, let's honor them. Would you join me in a moment of silence right now? Thank you. Well, good morning, Caleb. Good morning. Hey, this is Caleb Freeman, and you guys are probably familiar with Caleb, especially you parents who have adolescents in our ministry. Caleb's been leading student ministry for a number of years here at Fellowship, but he has taken on a new role. He's come over onto the adult ministry team, being a community pastor in Springdale alongside Derek Horn and, and Beth Davies, and we're so glad that you are transitioning there, and we're glad to have you on the team. Let's give Caleb a big round of applause. Oh, Well, tell us what's going on in our ministry, Caleb. Well, there's a lot going on. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, we, we actually do have a lot going on right now at Fellowship. And so I guess if you're new, I, I don't want you to miss out on that. If you've maybe been visiting for the last couple of weeks and you've snuck out of here without talking to anybody, I'm going to ask you don't do that anymore. If, if this is your first time, don't sneak out of here. We actually want to talk to you. And so come see us in the back. Find a staff member, one of our greeters. We would love to get to know you, maybe buy you a cup of coffee, get on a phone call with you, and just hear how we can come alongside you and help you realize that you do belong here, and maybe experience some of the community that takes place here at Fellowship. In fact, one of the ways that we do that is through community groups, and we've got an opportunity this summer. We have an open community group that will be meeting on Tuesdays this summer, I believe starting June 6th, here on campus. So it'll be here at the church in the RCO. If you're looking to meet some people, this group was made for you. If you're, if you're looking to figure out, hey, what are these community groups like? Come check this one out. It is a great opportunity to see what we do here at Fellowship through our small groups. At the same time, we've got some classes going on and Align is happening this summer. And so Align is a class that focuses on learning how to steward the resources, the finances that the Lord has given us in a biblical and a God-honoring way. If that interests you, you can scan this QR code to get more details, or you can go online at our website. In fact, that's really the, the most important reason I think you brought me up here. They needed a millennial on staff, so they looked around and they went, Caleb, get up on the stage. You're going to announce the new website. And that's what it is. We've got a new website. And so if you want, you can jump online, check it out. Go ahead, put some eyes on it, because it's actually made with you all in mind. We've tried to make this new experience really user-friendly. 
Its design uh, and its interface is all with you in mind that you could navigate our webpage with ease and be able to access everything that you're looking for. At the same time, while you look at the new website, would you do me a favor? Could you just update your information, your contact information and your address? That would help us so much. So, hey Sam, we have a new series that we're starting today Mm -hmm. and you are teaching. I am. At the same time you did announcements. That's right. And so I am going to let you pray for this morning as well. Let's do it. Hey, would you join me in prayer? And just right where you're at, ask the Lord to speak to you as we open up his word. Give him freedom to say whatever he wants to say. Ask the passage to come alive. Well, Lord Jesus, we open our hearts to you. We ask that you would speak to us, that you would intervene in the routine of our daily lives. Lord, I pray that this would be a watershed moment for many as we interact with your living word. So Lord, we give you full reign and rule in our lives. We surrender to you. We pledge our allegiance to you and ask you to teach us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's talk about God's will for our lives. I'm gonna show you some scriptures this morning that I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, are God's purpose and his will for every single person in the room. There is an expectation in the scriptures that we would grow and mature in our faith. The Bible clearly communicates that followers of Christ are to become more and more like Jesus. Over time, we should be gaining in godliness. The scriptures tell us that we are to progress. We are to flourish. We are to be fruitful. We're to be ever increasing in knowledge and skill and passion and holiness. We are called to grow up spiritually. Theologians call this process of maturing in the faith the doctrine of sanctification. You can define sanctification this way. It's a progressive work where we partner with God to become more like Christ and more free from sin in this life. Sanctification just describes our maturing process as we walk daily with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Second uh, Peter or First Peter chapter two describes the expectation of spiritual maturity this way in verse two. It says, "Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Once you've been born again into the family of God, it's time to grow up." In your faith, the passage communicates this expectation of of spiritual growth by using a familiar concept of human progression. It likens a new believer to an infant. Now, regardless of your age, when you come to know Jesus, whether at age five or at age 15 or age 40 or age 60, at this point, You're an infant spiritually. 
merely a babe in Christ. Now, this implies that we should grow spiritually, that we should work through and progress into spiritual childhood, on into spiritual adolescence, even spiritual adulthood. And it also speaks in the passage of appropriate levels of spiritual nourishment. New believers or infants in Christ feed on spiritual milk or the basic or simple truths of the faith. But this also implies that there are deeper truths, deeper levels of spirituality. And there's a progression where we move toward what might be likened to solid foods in the faith. So it's an uncomplicated uh, comparison. Just as we expect babies to mature on into adulthood, we expect followers of Jesus to grow up and mature into fully devoted disciples of the Lord. And just as we expect babies to wean from milk and progress toward solid foods, we expect followers of Jesus to grow in their depth and their knowledge and their skill in the faith. I have a friend who works in the public school system, uh, elementary school teacher, and she told us that one year they received a new student at the school, a kindergartner. They were of appropriate age and they were prepared to learn But they struggled on ramping the student because the child had never been weaned from its mother's milk. So it was unable to integrate into the normal life of the school. Couldn't go to the cafeteria, couldn't process solid foods, couldn't participate in snack time. Now, no judgment here on the family. But the maturity that was expected was lagging. The child was actually stuck in infancy when the expectation was that they were ready for elementary school. Now for some in the church, or let's be honest, for some in the room, this actually describes your spiritual journey. You've expressed faith in Christ, but you've never moved on from spiritual milk or the simple truths of the faith. You've been years in the Lord, but you remain in spiritual infancy. Hebrews chapter six, it describes this expectation this way. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to where? Maturity. The passage speaks of progressing in the faith, graduating from the basics, moving towards the deeper teachings of Jesus Like a student progressing from kindergarten through elementary school on into middle school and and on through high school, there's an expectation that we would continue to grow and mature and become more and more sanctified in Christ. Colossians chapter 2 piles on in affirmation. It says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, do what? Kick back and relax till heaven, right? Right? No, it says continue to live your lives in him. Grow deep roots. Be built up in him. Be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Becoming a Christian is not the end goal. It's only the beginning. The idea is not just to be saved out of hell and into heaven, but to be shaped 
and molded into the very image of Christ. So after we receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're called to follow him, to continue to live in him. And this isn't just an expectation for the spiritually elite. Being a fully devoted, all-in, skillful, well-informed disciple of Jesus is an expectation for all believers, and that includes you and me. Are you getting this? Pretty, pretty simple stuff. Is everybody clear? Are we all on the same page? Y'all look very frightened. <laughs> so where are you at? If the expectation is to become a mature disciple of Jesus, then are you there? Or are you headed there? And I thought we might start with a spiritual assessment this morning. Now let's just stick with that metaphorical language from the passage. Where are you at in your faith journey? Spiritually speaking, what's your level of maturity? Maybe you like the food illustration better. So we can go with that too. Do you still need to be spoon-fed? Soft foods? You still need foods with a handle on them like a corn dog? Which correctly describes your level of progression and maturity? I've noticed something. That there's a discrepancy between the expectation of maturity that's very clear in the scriptures and the reality experienced by many in the church. This is a truth. Not everyone who comes to know Jesus progresses to maturity in Jesus. And there are many churches full of, of Jesus-professing Christians who've maxed out at an elementary or adolescent level of maturity. <laughs> Go with me here. You could call them corndog Christians. What's a corndog Christian? Well, I've actually trademarked this. <laughs> it's just enough faith to get out of hell. And just enough holiness not to be confronted by church leadership. But not enough skill or knowledge or maturity to make a difference in the kingdom. And maybe that's you. You believe in Jesus with your whole heart. You've asked for forgiveness You've prayed the prayer, walked the aisle, asked him into your heart, professed him as Savior maybe even four or five times. Yet you still remain a child in the faith. Your spiritual maturity is stuck in middle school. You don't know how to use your Bible. Your prayer life is shallow. You give easily into the same temptation each week. You're unable or unwilling to serve the church family and make a contribution. And when you do come to church, it's with a consumer mindset. You'll come when it's convenient and then hope the music's to your liking. And you'll want an entertaining and helpful message that's not too deep or convicting. You give occasionally. You have signed up for but never seriously attended a class or a small group. A corndog Christian. And if this describes your life, if you would be willing to admit that you haven't met 
the expectation of maturity that's given in the scripture so clearly. Well, I have news for you today. I'm so glad you're here. This is exactly where you need to be, and we want to help you. In fact, I don't know if we're good at everything that that church is supposed to do, but if there's one thing that Fellowship Rogers is good at, it's helping people grow up in their salvation. We exist as a church to produce and release what? Spiritual leaders. And what's a spiritual leader? It's a maturing disciple with a ministry focus. We want to help you know and express the authentic Christ. So if you find yourself struggling, if you find yourself stuck in the faith, then today's your day. And you gotta start sometime, right? So I'm glad you're here. Let's do this together. So how do we do it? How do we deepen our relationship with Christ? How do we grow and mature in the faith? Well, in order to become like Christ, and that's the goal, to become conformed to the image of the one who saved us, then we've just got to learn to walk with Christ, to become comfortable in spirituality, confident, competent in the attitudes and the actions that foster intimacy with God. We just gotta learn to pursue friendship with him. Like we just sang, we've gotta learn to abide in him, to live a life step by step in his presence. So we've got to develop some spiritual muscle memory. We've gotta cultivate familiarity with the practices of faith. We've got to acquire skill and training for godliness. We must practice holy habits and sacred routines. Today, we're beginning a new series that is designed to address this very issue. Today marks the beginning of our summer study entitled Rhythms. It's a 10-week series focused on essential spiritual habits that are designed to lead us to greater intimacy with Christ. They're, they're designed to enable our growth and maturity in him. And I wanna invite you today to join us in the series. Now, I know you're saying, no, I'm already, I think I'm gonna be gone three weeks and then we've got that ball tournament. We've got this. No, 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 no. Don't start making excuses, corn dog. <laughs> See, that's what gets you. We want you to join us. In fact, we've got a study guide that has been developed to go alongside and we want you to pick one up. In fact, the ushers are gonna start walking forward. If you haven't picked up your study guide, raise your hand. And they will give you one. And when I say give you one, it means you can pay on your way out in the foyer. And if you steal one, then you will face the holy living God one day. <laughs> Just raise your hand. If you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll give you one. No judgment here. No judgment. So in the study guide, there are going to be daily devotions. There is a Bible study that accompanies each sermon. Parents. If you have this thought in your brain that, man, I'd love to do something with my preteens, my adolescents this summer, you need to get these guides and go through this. This is basic spiritual stuff. Go through it as a family. This would be great for a group at work. It'd be great for you in a men's group or a women's group. Or if your community group is meeting this summer, of course, we want you to dive in and do rhythms with us. Now, if you're a digital person, 
This is available on our new website. Just go to fellowshiprogers.org forward slash rhythms and a PDF copy will be available for you as well for free. And so we want you to join with us this summer. Now turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter five and let's look at our key text for today. (laughs) Yeah, that was just the intro. (laughs) I hope y'all don't have lunch plans. Galatians chapter five. And week one of Rhythms is going to pick up a key or essential pursuit that we need to have in our lives in order to meet this expectation of spiritual growth. So Galatians chapter five, um, let's look at verse 16. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. So in order to live up to this expectation of growing and maturing in the faith, here's a key concept. Learn to walk by the Spirit. The process of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, more free from sin in this life, is empowered by the work of the indwelling Holy Spirit of God in our lives. The passage says, walk by the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Well, walking by the Spirit, I think, is best defined by one of my favorite authors, Charles Stanley. He said it this way. To walk by the Spirit is to live with moment-by-moment dependency on and sensitivity to the initial promptings of the Holy Spirit. The idea here is to take each step of your spiritual journey under the influence and the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, when you came to know Christ, if you have done so, the Holy Spirit of God took up residence in your heart and your soul. He indwells us. And the scriptures call him the helper and the counselor and the comforter. And the Holy Spirit is fully God and he is present in you. Think about the potential the Holy Spirit who resides within us to work and empower, to speak to us, to guide us, to convict us. Godliness is a direct product of our surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We live dependently on him. I depend on you. I depend on you. And by his power, when he leads, we follow. Walking by the Spirit is not a one-time decision that instantaneously produces godliness and holiness and maturity. No, it's a daily decision to live in surrender to Jesus. It's a minute-by-minute consciousness of the Lord. It's maintaining recognition and awareness of the living God throughout the day. It's living continually in his presence listening to him and praying to him, delighting in him, keeping our eyes fixed on him, and then being sensitive to his leading and following that up with obedience. In sanctification, he is the primary player. 
with us living dependently on him. But it doesn't leave us passively out of the picture for when he leads, we obey, we yield, we surrender to him. We resist sin and temptation. We produce good works. Okay, Sam, this is very abstract. What does that look like practically? Well, let me try to flesh out just a little bit. I think it looks different walking by the Spirit for each person. But many people have found that walking in the Spirit each day contains both an extended time of devotion and prayer, whatever that looks like for you. For some of you, extended time is 15 minutes, and for some of you, it's over an hour. Followed by an ongoing, unending stream of connection and communication and abiding. Does that help? Well, let me illustrate even further. Now, my background is in finance, or if you're more astute, finance. So indulge me here. Now, most of you in the room have some sort of connection to the stock market. Maybe you have a 401k or a retirement plan or IRA or something like that. And you only check on your investments, for some of you in the room, two times a year. You look at it during tax season or when the stock market has a huge, horrible day and you want to go see how much you lost. Others of you check on it monthly. Maybe you look at a statement or log on to see your account, compare it to the Dow Jones Industrial Average and see how you're faring. Others of you check it weekly, maybe even a couple of times a week. You regularly monitor your investments and your accounts. But some of you check it daily. And not only that, but you're also streaming market updates, receiving notifications, minute-by-minute updates on certain investments, and in the background on your television, you have Bloomberg going or CNBC or Jim Cramer barking about what to buy or sell all day long. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Walking in the Spirit's not coming to church two times a year or getting spiritual nourishment once a month or reading your Bible a couple of times a week It's walking with Christ daily. It's an ongoing stream of spirituality, a moment by moment, moment, minute by minute affair. Back to the passage. Walking by the Spirit's the essential posture, but note why. Because we are in a battle for our souls. Let me read it again. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. The passage reminds us that we're at war. That there is a battle raging within us. These verses describe a great spiritual conflict. The opposition of the flesh and the spirit. There is a civil war raging within your soul. And there are two struggling forces. Our new self in Christ, indwelled by the Spirit of God, which is battling the old self, led by the the passions of the sinful nature, the desires of the flesh. And it's a battle for our thoughts and our words and our actions and our motives. And this war knows no peace. It's an ongoing struggle, a never-ending battle. 
And I'm certain that we're all aware of the struggle because we engage in it every day. Because there's a part of us, the passage calls it the flesh, that is drawn to darkness. A part of us that desires sin, that thirsts for what is forbidden. And at the same time, if you're a believer in Christ, there is an opposing force within us, the Spirit of God, who pulls us in the opposite direction towards the light, towards holiness, away from sin, and it empowers us to resist the temptation to evil. The passage goes on to describe the outcomes of each player in the battle. It describes them as the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious and it mentions sexual sin first, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. And then it moves on to religious sin, idolatry, and witchcraft. Then it moves into a long list of relational sin, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, and then sins of excess, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. In contrast, it List the fruits of the Spirit. What happens when we walk by the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. These are focused upward. Faithfulness, gentleness, I'm sorry, forbearance, kindness, and goodness. Forbearance, yours might say patience there. These are focused outward towards others. And then faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are focused inward. He says, against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I want you to take a look at both lists. Which one better represents the life that you're living right now? Are you walking in the flesh or walking by the Spirit? The passage returns to the key thought in verse 25. It says, since we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we win that battle, that civil war that is going on inside us? How do we progress in our spiritual maturity? How do we grow in our faith? Well, live by the Spirit. Keep in step with him. Don't give in to the desires of the flesh. Maintain moment by moment dependency on and sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We rely on his empowering presence and then by his power earnestly obey his leading. It's both passive and active. He is primary, but the pursuit of sanctification is a partnership between you and God. Think of it this way, that growing in the faith, being sanctified, requires both dependence and obedience. First, consider the dependence side. 
we live by the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is living dependently on His power. It's surrendering to Him. It's yielding to the Spirit's leadership. It's maintaining a continual consciousness of our need for the Lord moment by moment of each day. It's recognizing our desperate need for him. It's confessing our inability to lead a godly life in our own strength and power and wisdom. In fact, let's do this exercise. Repeat after me. I can't. It's hard to say, isn't it? It's very un-American. To confess that we actually cannot muster up the strength, the wisdom, the power to do something cuts against the grain of our pride. Yet, this is actually the starting point if you wanna grow up in your faith. We must have sober humility about who we are. This is an essential first step. I can't. We must recognize and confess our spiritual poverty in our effort to pursue godliness. The Lord is the source. He's the vine. We're the what? The branch. See, we have a role to play. So first is dependence, but then comes obedience. Since we live by the Spirit, then here comes our part, keep in step with the Spirit. As we depend on him, as we look to him, as we rely on him, when he prompts, we take action. We go to work. We exert effort. In his power, we struggle. We contend for godliness. Spiritual maturity is a work of God. We surrender, we depend, but it's also a partnership where we diligently obey and exert effort and labor where we grind. We start with, I can't, but then by his power, we say and repeat after me, I commit. This is where we intentionally and persistently get out of bed a little bit early and open your Bible, you corn dog Christians. This is where we set reminders in our phone that God is alive and I'm not alone throughout the day. Have you ever started right? You went to your favorite coffee shop? You had a quiet time where everybody could see you? Sorry. We call them Q-tips, quiet time in public. You started your day right. It's a pastoral move. You started your day right, but by two o'clock, in the heat of the battle, with stress coming from all fronts, you live like God's still dead. Maybe you need to set a reminder in your phone. You figure out a way to abide, to let him be the vine so that you can bear fruit as a branch. We go to work, we do our part, we intentionally and persistently follow his leadership. Uh, Reaching the goal of godliness is a process. To become like Christ, we must learn to walk with Christ. I'll keep it really simple. I think maturity is just a result of having friendship with God moment by moment, intimacy with him. We become more like him through a step-by-step dependence on and obedience to the living God. 
And that's where I think rhythms is going to help us this summer. That's where these are going to come in. We are gonna focus on some habits, some sacred routines of the faith. Theologians call these the spiritual disciplines. And these will provide room for God to speak to us, for us to foster intimacy with him. So this is where we're going over the next couple of months. We're gonna focus weekly on a spiritual habit or discipline, and we wanna challenge you to learn to practice that particular discipline that week, to dig in daily and walk with Jesus. And so the challenge this morning is will you join us? Will you join us on the journey? Now, you may be a veteran of the faith, mature and ready to go, and maybe you need to return to some of the habits of your youth. The challenge is for you as well. Develop some spiritual skill and muscle memory this summer. I know that you see up there that fasting is number two. I expect you all to be here that week. We're not serving coffee. Just wanted y'all to know up front. I actually suggested that to the team and it got rejected. Richard Foster said this, by themselves, spiritual rhythms can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. The habits themselves are not the end goal. They're designed to create space or room for God to speak to us. They're designed to, to, to find that 40, uh, Psalm 4610 space, be still and know that I am God. And remember this, we practice these disciplines, these habits out of delight and not a sense of duty. We do them to cultivate intimacy, not to justify our identity. Through them, we're not trying to earn our way to heaven, but simply to abide in his heavenly presence. Would you pray with me? Let's dedicate our summer to the Lord. Father God, not one person in here is fully sanctified. We've all got room to grow so we confess our incompletion to you. And we confess that there's still, still sin in our life. There's still areas where we need to develop. So Lord, I pray that you would meet us this summer in quiet places, in still moments. I pray that you would speak to us through the disciplines, through the scripture, through times of fasting and times where we steal away and just pray with you. And Lord, I pray that you would grow us up in those moments, that you would mature us in the faith. Lord, we dedicate it to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand with us? Let's affirm what we talked about this morning in Psalm Mm, I depend on you I depend on you I depend on you I depend on you Sing, I depend, I depend on you You're the way, the truth, and the light You're the
Sam's talking about when he talks about spiritual formation, it's actually this idea of abiding in the Lord, remaining in Jesus, just as Paul called it, walking by the Spirit. And you know, I think the biggest hindrance to us walking by the Spirit is actually patience. And that's hard to come by these days. But the reason I think patience is the biggest hindrance is because oftentimes, we view walking by the Spirit almost like us driving a car with some headlights. We wanna be able to see down the road so far. We wanna know where every object is and it doesn't matter how fast we go, we wanna know what's coming up. There's disunity between me and the very light that is guiding me. Walking with the Spirit isn't like that. No, it's more like walking with a candle that all I can see is the very next step. Because the point isn't about me knowing what's coming up, it's about unity between me and the light. And isn't that how the scriptures describe Jesus, that he's not the headlight in a car, he's the very lamp that guides our steps, a lamp unto our feet. And the hope is that we would be people this week, this summer, who are patient enough to engage with the spiritual disciplines, to walk by the spirit, trusting that as we do that, he's the very one who forms us into his likeness for his glory and for his kingdom. Fellowship, could we be brave? Could we try and do that this summer? Some spiritual disciplines, trusting that the Lord and the God of all glory would grow us into his likeness. Hey, this morning, if you need prayer, join us in the prayer room. Remember, that's a spiritual discipline. Don't shy away from that. If you saw somebody this morning, go say hi to them, greet them, say hello, smile to them. This is the local body, partake in it. And by the way, we got a new website, so go home and take a look at it. Hey, we love you all. See you next week.